0: everyone and welcome to the Screen Chronicles. I'm Steve with me as always is Colby. if you're a fan of us you probably recognize our guest today as one of Uhtred's bros from season two the Big Bear Clapper or you may know him as 1998's World Strongest Man. today we welcome Magnus Samuelson onto the Screen Chronicles. how are you doing Magnus?
1: I'm good thank you for asking. Uh, the summer is here and uh, everything is pretty good
2: that's awesome that's awesome well we really appreciate you coming on to the show Steve and I really bonded over The Last Kingdom and we really connected with the show partially because of the brotherly I guess love that the characters show each other and that you definitely demonstrated with like Finnin and Citric and Uhtred in season two so we're
1: very excited to talk to you <laughs> I had a really great time with, with these guys both on-camera and even more off-camera I think it was a really great time together yeah
2: that's awesome so what are you doing to keep yourself busy these days
1: normally well the last few months for obvious reasons have been a bit bit slower than normal otherwise I I rotate on a few different things one is acting and the other one I I do a lot of promotion and and things uh, connected to my previous life as a pro athlete
2: right cool now I saw that you're putting out a uh, new line of health products
1: is that true? <laughs> yes, we saw that. Yeah, okay. it's uh, it's an idea I had for 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 a long time. What basically to to make a long story a bit short, I I'm kind of fed up with that all nutritions. It's it's a bit like drinking a diet coke. Ah, you cool. will have all the claim to fame on on the on the can or whatever, and then nobody says where it comes from. They will just say like so and so much protein, uh-huh. uh, and I, I like to know where was the cow standing that produced the milk? I I would like to be involved in the whole process. yeah so I've created a line where everything you can follow it from from start to end and I make only choose products uh, raw material from the cleanest environments I can find. so basically I try to make a good line of products where you put nature and animal rights and all that in focus. very cool.
0: Is, is that part of your farm then? is that part of the process? It's not really part.
1: Uh, it's not part of the process in that way. But my background as a farmer has influenced uh, the ideas to this. I I work with animals because I like animals, not because the other way around. And uh, <laughs> right. So every time you see a product, I I would like to be able. To, for example, when you buy a car, it's not about the color and the pro- and the model anymore. You buy also a statement. I represent this maybe you buy an electric car or you in everything we do. You all, always make a stand when you buy something, True. Uh part, part from when you buy nutrition, then is like, it's, it feels like you're still in the, uh, the, the world is still in the nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
2: So you, grew up on a farm. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. I'm born and raised as a farmer, Yeah. Are you, are you currently farming still? Nah, uh, okay. I live on the farm. Uh, gotcha. My golden plan from day one was to take over the farm and to run that. And then uh, they gave me two dumbbells and, and a bar. Uh, and then the, the world changed a bit for me. So I, I <laughs> took off and I, I lived on sports for 15 years. I came back home and then, you know, spin-off and another spin-off the spin-off. And all of a sudden you're living a totally different life than you ever thought was possible from the beginning. But saying that, piece of me will always be a former. but uh,
0: So then you, you became World's Strongest Man nineteen ninety-eight. 1998. Uh, can you tell us how you got into the whole strongman game?
1: Well, as a lot of other things in life, uh, a lot of things in life is just coincidence. And and for me, as a kid, I, I had a passion for lifting weights, but I had no target with it. I just lifted weights because I enjoyed it. And then... Uh, to make to to sum it up i ran into a girl and we took off on a holiday and then um, we 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 went to bench press contest just to have an excuse to go somewhere and after the contest there was a banquet and my girlfriend my wife since 25 years she she, she ran into a guy on the dance floor i said tomorrow they're gonna have strongman contest inside the amusement park nearby so my wife signed me up for that one thinking We could get in for free to the park, more like a joke. Uh, So we came in for free, and I won the contest. And then, you know, somebody saw me, and they sent me to Bahamas. And same year, I I was in world's Strongest Man. Wow! Wow. Two, three years after that, I I, I won it and became professional. So I always trained for that kind of competitions, but I never really had any plans to kind of do it myself and. It was not really a golden plan. It's just an opportunity that came up, and then during that contest, I I, I did pretty good and I, I made it to the final. And, I, and some things happened in the contest that brought a lot of attention to me. I broke one guy's one guy's arm off an arm wrestling fight <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that.
2: Wow! Wow! Now we're both we're both physical therapists. We we did watch the video when you broke the
1: guy's arm. Is it true you broke his humerus and not his? Yeah i mean to to his fairness i my my first sport in when i started to lift weights just happened to become arm wrestling so i was i won european championships so i knew a little bit what i was doing and the other guy was very strong but not really uh, experienced in it so okay i think it's just one of those things you have to play with it a bit to to get a hang of it and uh, yeah. it was not by any means were well, not done on purpose but that that's how we started and the, the only good thing with it were after that everybody knew who i were.
2: <laughs> so you were also a european arm wrestling champion before you were world's strongest man correct? now how did you get into arm wrestling?
1: well <laughs> we're now we're traveling really far back <laughs> uh-huh. The thing was I, I I started lifting weights and then, you know, the rumor started to spread around in this small village where I come from. And then there was a guy here who was he was quite famous for being like the strongest guy in, in the neighborhood. So uh, he, he called me up and he said, Let's come over and you arm wrestle me tomorrow at seven. Okay, so I came over and we started at seven and twenty-eight minutes later I, I won the, the, the fight. and uh, (laughs) then then he introduced me to the sport of arm wrestling and you know that's how we started.
0: so just anything you you dipped your toe into you just became the champion of uh, after a few years?
1: (laughs) (laughs) it sounds really like big-headed and all that. when i I was when i was young i don't really know why but uh, stuff like that was pretty easy for me. i don't really know why. everything i tried went fairly all right and the sports I really practiced and trained in was tracking field and and rifle shooting Uh the other weightlifting started more as a hobby and then along the road I dropped everything else and just focused on on that instead because I I just kind of liked it
2: yeah well that helps when you when you actually enjoy something then it doesn't really feel like as much I guess grueling hard work right
1: yeah I mean the the whole purpose I think with a hobby is to have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, if you start playing with things just to make everybody else happy, uh, it's pointless. And I think I know a lot of people, especially in the old days, a lot of guys in the gym were in the gym because they were too long, too short, too fat, too thin, you know, a bit dished by a girl, or it was always the reason <laughs> why they were there. And then there were a small group of guys that were there because they loved it. And those were the successful ones. Because just like you said, everything you really do for heart, you tend to know more about. Like, yeah, I honestly, I honestly believe you more. You you know about everything. You 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 bigger the success will be. Your.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, you've had a lot of longevity too with lifting. Uh, I mean, you're I'm you know, correct me if I'm wrong. You're in your fifties now, correct? So I mean, and you're still huge and still I imagine still pretty strong too. I'm privileged
1: that way. I'm still healthy. I'm still doing things I enjoy. And even though I don't compete anymore and uh, I don't really maybe need it, but it's, it serves a purpose in acting as well. I think for me and also it's more back to being for me again. I had a long period where training were my job and then it was to be honest, not fun anymore. And it was everything was about the score on, on, on the, on the paper. But now, now I do this for me. This that's my me time. Yeah, awesome. two hours every
2: day. That's very cool. Now you're the first person I think Steve and I have ever talked to who's dragged a plane. Uh, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza hasn't done that yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, Eliza Butterworth had not done that yet, but she was training for it. I think she said.
1: You're <laughs> she, gonna get it.
2: <laughs> very cool. So, you know, you you have a great career as you know a professional athlete. When did you know
1: you wanted to get into acting? We, we talked about it and I got some opportunities during my time, during my time as, as, a, as an athlete. But back then, I honestly felt that you can't compete on a world level if you try to mess about doing other stuff. So as long as I was competing, I only did that. And then when I retired, I was, I'm not going to say fed up, but I've, I've been like standing so close to strength uh, training and, and the world of strength. So it was just nice to get away and do something else. And the first thing out, out were, they talked me, to do, talked me into doing a, a show called Dancing with the Stars in Sweden. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I was thinking, I'm like the, the worst dancer ever, but I was thinking, why not? So, so I did that and uh, I learned a lot of things about myself during that time. Dancing with the Stars is not really a dancing contest. It's a contest about being who dares to be the furthest away from the comfort zone. You know, how, who who can travel the furthest away from you know the, the safety zone. And for me, that was pretty easy. I felt damn uncomfortable straight away, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I really enjoyed that. I must say, it was the first time I could do something completely out of the macho culture thing. And uh, we ended up winning that. And during that time, I started to feel comfortable in being uncomfortable, so to speak. Okay. And it's something very liberating with that. I think that together with that, I spent my whole life in hotels, more or less. And during those hotels, uh, hotel, hotel nights, I read tons and tons of books. Uh, so my passion for acting probably come from the written word. I, I like reading books. And when you read a book, you're basically going to have a film inside your head. Right. So I just try to be the guy I see when I read a script or or when I read a book. Uh, Very cool. That, that, that's how I do it. And the cool thing with the uh, TLK is that I read all the books a long time before they started to film anything. <laughs> wow. So uh, and it was actually one of my favorite. Uh, uh, Bernard Cornwell. I, lo- I love all his books. I like all the historic novels and all that. I think when we were shooting season two, I think the last book out then was the, the the Pagan Warrior. I think. Okay. And since then, it came come out with two, three more books or something. Okay. But all those books I read probably twice or three times. So I, I knew I knew the the storyline pretty good. <laughs> that's awesome. How did you end up getting involved in The Last Kingdom then? That's that's the beauty with this, with acting. It's a bit like, and that's the one big privilege I felt through my whole life is that when, you are, when you're competing and when, or, and when you work as an actor, it's the same thing. You never know what the next phone call is going to bring. You know, it could be a guy uh, saying you haven't paid the bills, but it can also be a guy saying you want to come over to New Zealand and do something really cool and that's that's the beauty of in life to have that small privilege that something nice can actually happen. I was on my way to San Francisco airport when my agent at the time called me and said you you need to make a self tape for for the lost kingdom so we shot one and he said and you you need to do it like straight away and I said, oh, well, we have to wait twenty four hours because I'm just about to board a plane." <laughs> so we we made we made a really <laughs> really short one. Me and my son together, uh, yeah, uh, San Square Airport. And when then when I landed, uh, they called me up, and then pretty much straight to, from there to to Budapest.
0: Wow, were you a fan of Klappa then from the books, his character already before you got the role?
1: I, I, I was, yeah. I, to be honest, I was a big fan of the whole of the whole. Uh, Concept of of Uhtred and the, uh, the 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 way he put uh, the way Bernard portrayed Uhtred in the books, so I I knew all the all the guys and of course you know Finan and and, uh, and and Cedric, but uh, I I knew Klapa and I also knew the way he you know died away in the books and all that. So so yeah, I must say yeah.
0: Did you know you were going to be killed off then in season two when you came on? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, I, I assume they're going to play it by, by the book because, well, it seems like they have done that roughly uh, up to that point. And, 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 and also when, to be honest, when I came in, I have, had not seen the first se- season.
2: Okay.
1: And so I only, only read the books and I knew, that, I knew that I was supposed to do a few episodes and I didn't really know where it's going to end. Uh, but I, I was, I was always kind of certain that it's gonna finish. And then, then again, you, you never really know. It could have gone. You always hope, hope for, for, for a change. But saying that, I, I had a great time there, and you can't. Yeah, uh, it would have been even greater to stay on the show. But I mean, I, I'm grateful for the, for the time I had, and it really helped me a lot in, in, in this line of work to find other work. and Oh, cool. But most, mostly. I had a really good time and I still have a nice bond with, with these guys.
2: That's awesome. Well, you're one of the most lovable characters on the show in season two, for sure. And definitely <laughs> when you got killed off, we were heartbroken. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, Thank you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so, when you did end up getting the role, did you do anything else to prepare yourself further for the role of
1: Klappa? For me, this was the first time I did like a prehistoric kind of production because I, I, I spend a lot of time reading about history yeah so i read up a bit on like what was it really like how was this time frame what was what happened during this time period just to have more to play with but then again when you get there you you have the script and you can only play with what you can play with and everybody is so good production team all the guys on set and all that so it's you feel you feel like you have been there for a long time already after a few days, so it's oh, a really cool. nice project to work on. So to, to honestly, I just I did some reading. I didn't do anything acting or fighting training and all that, but I, I just went there and like, hi, I'm here. Let's <laughs> let's see what.
0: <laughs> oh, wait, you were a big comedic part of the show too for us, uh, as as far as lending your comedy parts with all the the bro moments is what we call it the the camaraderie. Yeah. Uh one of our my favorite ones is uh just you wrestling this guy in the background when Utred <laughs> and Gisela are talking to uh Abbot Idrid, I think. Did they just yeah, say have at uh, this guy here and just toss <laughs> him around?
1: <laughs> I really enjoyed that myself because it was uh, it, it, I knew I was gonna do something. I know I'm gonna do something, but I didn't really know how much and we ended up doing quite a bit of fighting. Uh, and uh no, it was a really good day on set. And also, I want to I want to make Clapper that way because, especially if you're if you're a big dude, uh, try to be stereotyped and just being, you know, tough badass kind of guy. It's it's really it becomes easy ridiculous. So it's, it's better to be kind of crazy when you have to be crazy, and then between those moments, try to be as normal or maybe even more friendly than most guys. Yeah. So other other otherwise nobody cares for a character if you don't bring any life to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Totally.
1: So, uh, I, I tried to make him as friendly as possible.
2: it definitely came off that way for sure. <laughs> yeah. now did you have any fighting
1: experience coming into the show? both yes and no. I never competed in any, in any like proper fights like that but saying that I spent most of my life around gyms uh, and right. my, my old coach in Sheffield were from a pro boxer so it was a boxing gymnasium just outside so we, we used to do a lot of boxing as cardio uh, mm-hmm. my, my cousin have, have lived in LA and what's the odds of that well, I come up to the first very first day of shooting uh, I'm I, a very first meeting with Alexander Draymond who is like the nicest guy you will ever find awesome. uh, and was, uh, I think I think I worked out with uh, your cousin I said, really? Yeah. And it turned out, out of all the strength coaches and MMA um, <laughs> coaches in the, in, in the universe, he's been working out with my cousin Lars in LA. Oh, that's crazy. So, uh, it, you know, it didn't take a lot of time to to hook up. So my cousin went over when he was young to, to uh, California and been living on martial arts and... So he introduced me to like Hoys Gracie and those guys back in the day. So oh. even though I haven't really done a lot of fighting, I've been around fighting my whole life. But fighting on film is not so much about fighting, it's more about dancing with the stars kind of thing. <laughs> you learn choreography, you count right. them. That's, it's all about counting. Oh, okay. Yeah. interesting
2: well speaking of boxing there's a scene when you and the boys go kind of stealth mode I think it's the beginning of episode five and we love when when, when Uhtred and the gang go like seal team six into places it's awesome but you're like running at a guy and you have your axe in one hand and I think you like quickly flip it into the other hand and just sock
1: the dude in the mouth <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> is that um, is, yeah it's in the beginning of episode five isn't it? Yeah. yeah yeah no, you know, we were trying to film, and, and it's always a mess. Uh, a lot of people, um, and the clock is always running really fast when you have to do shoots like that. So we played, a, and you need a few seconds of that, seconds of something else, and all that. So I, uh, this, so we did that, and it, I think it turned out pretty good. Uh, yeah, well, awesome. I would I'd really sucker punch him.
2: Uh, <laughs> And then you give him a few more when he's on the ground, I think. But
1: yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, pretty cool. Friendly. Nobody. If I if I can, since all the other guys are are playing to be very skilled on like sword fights and all that, it makes my character to stick out more if he's more lumping around around on the field uh, with big moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, being more like a brute.
2: Yeah, I love it. It's like what's more deadly, this axe or my fist?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, so but even before that uh, episode four was probably one of my favorite battles from the whole series when you guys invade Dunholm uh, to get Kjartan what was it like filming that whole scene because I know you're in the, the the turtle shell that rams the door then you break in What? how was that filming that?
1: For me, uh, no, I I, uh, I loved it, I think it was great, you know, we, uh, like I said, I read these books so many times and all of a sudden you find yourself in a situation just doing the things you have, like, read in a book, uh, wow. and what nobody, can, what, what nobody can see on the tape is it was, if I don't re- misremember, 38, 38 degrees Celsius, so it was, like, super warm, yeah, Um so <laughs> the most of the memories would be like being super warm. <laughs> but uh, no, it, it was one of one of the best episodes of filming the Lost Kingdom was the uh, the fight of Dunholm. I think it was uh, uh, the complexity of it all, all, everything they did, and how. And I think it also came out really nice. Uh, yeah. But I, 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 personally, I enjoy that. It was a bit like being back on back on the arena. Uh, a yeah. lot of sweat, lot of fighting. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what's more
2: taxing on the body: um, winning a world strongman competition or laying siege to a fortress?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it has a lot of similarities for me. Okay, I'm I'm used to, of of course, you know what I used to do was madness, and this is a beautiful experience. But I'm not. I'm kind of used to being under pressure and and to work physically so for me it's I don't mind it I kind of like it it's like I said it's hard to describe it but my overall like memory of it all is just being super warm, super warm. And uh,
0: <laughs> were you guys really holding that that ramrod on the door? were you all in there really holding that and bringing up and hitting the door? oh yeah yeah Oh yeah
1: yeah uh, and uh yeah and sometimes even the camera guy was inside the inside the, this thing running with us
2: well I, I was watching your World's strongest man uh from 1998 and you guys kind of had to do the farmer carry um i think in the first event and i was just thinking like this is just him getting ready for for dunholm with the ram <laughs> oh yeah there you go
1: just running with heavy things.
2: but one of the most iconic pictures i have in my head of that scene is when you come through the doors and you're just like yeah
1: it was pretty epic it was Pretty epic. <laughs> I didn't know I, I did that a few times but I didn't really know if they liked it or not because okay. I know I'm, uh, I'm it's a big moment for Ragnar coming into the, to Dunholm and to do that I have to run in and block him out of the camera so yeah. I, I did it two times and then I walked away and I said just see if they like it or if you're just gonna ask me to like can we do that again but you have you on the other side, <laughs> but uh, apparently they kept it,
2: yeah. yeah. They kept it, and then they do give Ragnar his kind of moment too. Coming in, he does kind of the same thing shortly after, so it was pretty well done. So, that wasn't scripted, I guess. Then you just tried that out,
1: yeah. I think that's the best way to do it. Just try it first and see if they like it, otherwise, they will tell you otherwise. <laughs> that's awesome.
2: I love a line before that battle that you say too, um, where I think Rolo says to you that Ram's not gonna work, and
1: you say. It won't force the doors, but it will work in its own way. <laughs> well, and that's one thing with Klappa, he, um, he has to take care of the few lines he has to be. It's uh. one of those. he's one of those characters. where first, you read the script, and you—and I was thinking, shit, I'm not really doing much because I don't say much. But then again, I mean, the show is about Uhtred. Yeah, uh, and and we are just there to make uh, Uhtred to tell the story of, of the warlord ultrin.
0: Even uh other members of his crew, um, like Citric, uh he's he's a pretty prominent character, but he still he doesn't get a lot of lines though, even in the uh, the new season, and he's been on three seasons now. I think it's just how dense the show is too, yeah.
1: Yeah. And there there is a lot of things that has to come in. Like so every episode I, I think is is it's, it's it's tough to squeeze in more things. It's very you, you can't really have a lot of time where you where you see people just hanging around creating atmosphere. So it is very heads-on. Right. hmm Right. But I, I spent a lot of time with uh with especially with Arnas and, and uh and Mark. Uh not great guys, really. Definitely,
2: you guys just create such a bond that we see on the screen and it's just like, man, I wish we could be part of that crew. That's such a cool brotherhood you guys <laughs> have, you know? Yep yeah
0: That's so cool. one thing we always do on our show is uh, we always talk about our favorite bro moments from the show one of the the brotherly camaraderie moments one of my my favorite ones that I I, I really liked uh, watching the show was when Uhtred was uh, no when there was a rider coming back with news for Uhtred about Ethelflaed and you and Finnin are playing stones I think it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> creative name yes yeah <laughs> and uh and you just shove him down to uh to go tell Utrecht first that was that one my bro moment for that episode there <laughs> Mine too.
1: yeah but no it, i mean it's a very simple scene but i think it, it gives just like you say some some kind of uh love feeling for for the characters it doesn't take more than maybe i don't know 60 seconds maybe 90 seconds to do a scene like that but it it gives a little bit more life to to the characters and I really enjoyed doing that scene. it's one of my oh. favorite scenes of the whole. oh my god it's, my experience.
2: it's very memorable for the fans too like it just sticks in your head afterward mm-hmm. for sure. it made us laugh the <laughs> first time we watched it. we might have watched it a couple times but uh, it was good. yes, was yes. Good.
0: and then too, another scene that won one of my favorite bro moments is actually clappa's uh, mm-hmm. end where the fire is going down at uh, Bianfiat, and you end up taking Axe to the chest and then holding off for everyone. Uh, what was it like filming that whole end battle scene there? For me, I mean, it's, it's, it,
1: and actually, this time it was shot. So, this was my last day of shooting. Otherwise, many, I've, I've been in productions where I do the end scene the first day and stuff oh, okay. like that. <laughs> Always weird. But this, this was like, this was my last day on, on The Lost Kingdom. And, uh, so I, I went to set that day with like mixed emotions. I really enjoyed my time there, and I was really very grateful. Still, I'm very grateful for 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 getting the opportunity, uh, and I'm also very grateful that they gave a clap by proper death, uh, rather very just, valiant, yeah, rather than just being shot by an arrow in, in, in the back uh, in the background somewhere. <laughs> it was a, a very beautiful thing to film because you have all the fires and all the people running about. But saying that is also quite complicated to film because of all the fighting and all that then all of a sudden you see things in the background that you have to do things all over again and all that so Uh, we did a bit of fighting i'm pretty happy with how it turned out but you'd be amazed how good these guys are in filming stuff fairly quick but like i said i'm very grateful for for that they gave clap a proper proper ending my plan number one was of course just to to kind of outrun them and not getting killed but uh yeah. didn't work. Didn't didn't turn out that way anyway.
0: Oh yeah, we were we were really sad to to lose Clap there, but it was a great great ending for him though.
2: I know, and I mean, to clap a, a axe to the chest is probably like getting a mosquito bite. So he <laughs> probably could have outrun them. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I've said. I've said that a few times too. Then I mean, I mean one axe is nothing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I could have come back and just limped a bit in the first episode, and then right in season three and nobody would have paid any attention.
2: i know i do think the next guy did come in and slice right through your hamstrings though so yeah that well was, he, uh... he was,
1: that was the problem guy he could have... <laughs> <laughs> you have to cut just before that
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then the the waylan guy too, the guy you were uh, fighting at the end, he's a pretty tall guy as well because you're, you're in the upper six foot uh,
1: i uh, a man, man, that guy was huge. He, uh, he 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 looked like one of the guys I used to, you know, competing back in my old yeah. days. If somebody weighed less than, let's say, three hundred pounds, and you saw him, he was there for being somebody's coach. Uh, so like all the guys were, you know, really big. Uh, and and this guy was about one sixty kilos. It was he was a big guy.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, he he was huge. <laughs> yeah, was he taller than you?
1: I think i was i'm six six and a half and i think he were just a, just a bit shorter but uh okay but saying that i mean he was surprisingly surprisingly big and i think it was the wrestler from the beginning
0: yeah. yeah i think christian told us he was a bouncer for a, a nightclub or something uh in the area is where they really got him from
1: right, so that's that's the that's the club to stay away from then i can tell you straight away <laughs> that's <what> he said. <laughs> 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 That's funny. No, but I
2: was—I love that scene. I love the how they—they they capture your look, like you're making the decision, like I'm going to let my uh, fight them off so my friends can get away, sacrifice my lo- or life for them. But also their look at you and the pain leaving you—you you know what I mean it is really highlighted there. It's really well done.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Thank you.
1: I, I was happy how how we turned out. Very happy.
2: I love also the very first time we meet you too you 're just sparring with Utred, and everybody's around and and I got to think with a, a guy your size swinging an axe at me
1: i, I can 't think Alexander Draymond was too comfortable <laughs> doing this no, but think that for me that's one of the, for me that's one of the first time I really did some scenes with him okay and uh, he's such a great guy and' so easy to work with and uh, and we we practiced a bit and then. You know, we did. We, we practiced maybe for an hour the fight, me and a stunt guy, and then uh, me and me and Alexander practiced a bit, and then they added maybe another ten, fifteen seconds on it, so it was, till they were happy. And my biggest memory from that scene is that. So w- we did the whole fight in one part, and then you do it. You know how we, how they do it, and then do it piece by piece, just to get the bits and pieces for different angles and. Okay. One time I, I was just about to swing just above the head of Alexander, right? Okay. So uh, before, before, before uh, they say action, we, uh, we just, I just test swing. We agreed on that just to measure so the distance was perfect, right? Okay. So, so I swing, but I swing pretty hard. And then all of a sudden I just felt that my axe or wood stick at the time just stopped very quick. And then I heard this ooh sound from all the people around, and so I like shit. What happens? I just turned around and realized uh, there were uh, the person standing there, and I was like really embarrassed. And then, then everything was fine. Nothing happened, okay. and all that. But I felt like the dumbest guy on earth for for 20 seconds.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible feeling, but yeah. <laughs> I, I one thing I do love about that scene, and did you practice this every time you rehearsed it before is the little kiss on the head? No, no that that came out of the blue, yeah. <laughs> oh really? Cool.
0: Cool. Yeah, so uh after the last kingdom ended though, what other projects uh have you been really getting into uh since then?
1: Uh well after the Lost Kingdom I've done you know, small bits and pieces. The the I did the last one we did were a movie that comes going to come up pretty soon called medieval yeah so we're waiting for that one then i've done some done the old posts. i've done a few different tv series but um i'm not going to say it's that's that it's been slow because i've been super busy doing other things i've been traveling the world and making documentaries and stuff like that oh cool but i took a short break away from from filming and the last two three years been quite busy filming again and uh now i'm really hungry and keen on getting out and and, and work more with with acting and filming and then we got this COVID-19 kind of killing everything Mm -hmm. so um, yeah yeah, I've been both busy and not busy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) what sort of documentaries have you been working on? I do a
1: lot of nature stuff
0: Documentary sounds very
1: like uh, serious, uh, but it's still uh, we've done a lot of filming outside uh, in d- different parts of the world and, and cool. been out looking for wildlife. Oh, cool.
2: Now I noticed you were just recently in Argentina. My girlfriend's from Argentina.
1: hmm
2: Good for you. Yeah. What? What, <laughs> what brought you to Argentina? Just the same thing, looking for the nature. Or? Yes. No, no,
1: for me, Argentina was one of those jobs where I just went uh, to hold seminars and uh, okay. it turned out to be uh, one of the best jobs I had in a long time. They, I was with the company Tioda and uh, hold, uh, was holding seminars. And then yeah. basically, I found out that basically they just wanted to hang out with me for two weeks. Uh, <laughs> so we, we, did, uh, we were pretty much everywhere in Argentina. And oh, yeah? It, it's such an amazing country and especially when you come up north, to the border to Brazil, Victoria mm-hmm. uh, Falls and all that. Oh my God! Yeah, amazing. I've
2: I've seen pictures. I have not been yet, but it looks like it might even be better than our Niagara Falls here. It
1: like looks incredibly beautiful. I've been very blessed that way. I've traveled, and I've seen most of it, okay. of the world. I've I've been I think worked in fifty-five different countries and wow. competed. So so I've seen a lot of things. And uh, I must say, I've never seen anything as beautiful as or uh, Falls. Like wow. uh, it, it's it's something special with it. That's cool. That's cool. Now, how's your Spanish? It's very very short. <laughs> <Okay>.
2: Mine too. <laughs> Working on it. Work in progress. I got Ola. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. There you go.
2: <laughs> very very cool. So where's the? What's the? Um, you said that's one of your favorite places. What else? Um, do you have any other favorite places you've traveled through your work?
1: I mean the, the world is, is, a, is a fantastic place and there is so many different so many different kind of grades. Yeah. Uh, n- not only because talking to you guys but Hungary, Hungary uh, and uh, okay. Budapest and, and the whole area it, yeah, is fantastic. I really like it. It, it. Also if you go to Serbia and all I mean the whole middle Europe is fantastic. Then uh, personally I love uh, I think there is some really beautiful places in America, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you come up a bit north, uh, up into Canada and all yeah. that. I think there is some really great places there. Uh, uh, I love New Zealand; every every angle of it is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh, I spent awesome. I spent a month out in the Outbacks in Australia. That's another thing. Maybe maybe it's a bit harsh to harsh to live there, but as as uh, a guy just spending. A few months. uh, Australia is fantastic. So saying that, you can't really say that this is the best place. It's all right. It's just it's like food. Whatever you you feel the the hunger for. Hmm. That remind that reminds me of another
2: line I love from you in the Last Kingdom. Lord, my belly believes my throat is cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love. I can. We can totally relate to that. Getting getting somewhere after a long road trip. It's like where's the food when you get to London? There.
1: I used to be on eight thousand calories a day, so I'm very familiar with that feeling.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> totally, totally. So, what was it like filming that scene? Because that's one of our favorite scenes in
1: London, there, and it's a pretty funny one. But uh, it is, it is funny. And I mean, once in a while, a man has to just lean back a bit and smile about, you know, how how privileged, uh, like being there, and just see all the craziness is going on and you and, and and it's a really nice privilege just to to be a part of, of something like that and you see all the all the weird things going on and it's a day like that act, being an actor is one of the best jobs you can have to be a character like klappa where you don't really have all the pressure and all the pressure is always my alexander yeah uh, so, so so being my kind of character is very laid back and just Good fun, to be honest. Cool, cool.
2: Yeah, I love all the little moments when it's just showing you, like when Purely wins the fight, you cheer, and and then like when <laughs> you know Finan does a wise crack, you'll you'll crack up or something. It's just those are the, like the little mm. moments yes. that really make you love Clappa and and the, uh, all they, the, the whole gang. But yeah, it's, it's super cool. Super cool.
0: <laughs> Do you have a favorite moment from the show or a favorite scene that you had to film?
1: I really enjoy the whole thing. I. I think one my favorite is probably the the one we talked about first that very first day when me and Alexander Luttrell were were fighting uh practicing together in the very beginning of it all mm-hmm. uh it's, it's it was a nice day of of filming and it was pretty hard work to be honest and uh I felt like that after that day I felt that this is going to be a really nice ride I just hope it's going to be a long one <laughs> <laughs>
2: so let's talk a little bit about Clappa's look as you have that great handlebar mustache going down and did you come in with that or was that something they wanted you to grow out
1: or when I competed I had a similar thing but smaller for for a lot of years right and uh, the the reason why I had that was (laughs) it started as a joke with my wife Uh, and then yeah I just Kind of hang, hanged on. So when, <laughs> when I came up and said I came with the beard, and then you cut away a bit, and they kept that. Yeah. So ha- half of it is mine, and the other one is, 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 glued onto every morning.
2: Oh. Okay. Oh, gotcha. Now, did you come in like with any input behind the look, or was that just kind of all what they decided?
1: well I have to think back, because you know they are really, really good on doing these things. So uh, they, um, I, I was. This is how I. Kinda was hoping they're gonna do it, and then so, so I didn't really need to do much. <laughs> they they did it pretty much the way I was uh, hoping it would would be. Yeah, uh, because like I said, I most more or less looked like that back then. I, I looked like anyway. that anyway.
2: True, true. That's well, a good look. I tried the mustache <laughs> right. like that for a little bit when I was living with <laughs> Steve at the time kept it for like a week and uh, girls didn't talk to me that week with my look. you pulled off way better
1: than that. So. <laughs> yeah, it's um, the whole story with, with that as why I had it where I, I had it for... A, I, I was injured for a few months, uh, had an operation when I was competing and then okay. I, I I took you know, I made this beard thing and then I uh, decided to keep it for a while so I can see when I watch the competitions. Like this is my comeback contest. I can always recognize them because I had the beard, right?
2: Right.
1: And then during that time, also it was a bit of a joke to my wife. And during that time, I got a sponsor. So I ended up being a sponsor for a company making beard cutters. And since I'm a board dude as well, uh, I had to keep the beard. <laughs> so uh, after that, I was bearded for 10 years. <laughs> wow.
2: No I I got to say when I was doing my research on you have you ever seen those Dosecki's commercials?
1: I don't like, think no.
2: Oh okay. Well the premise of it is the most interesting man in the world. And I was like looking through your Instagram you've done like you became world's strongest man arm wrestling competition. Seems like you shoot a lot of rifles and you've competed in car races and then you travel the world. It's just it's just that's what it made me think of was <laughs> those old Dosecki's commercials. <laughs>
1: I realized that once in a while that I've been really, really lucky in life. I, I, I've also been hungry for life always. I've tried a lot of things. Life is too short to just sleep about and do nothing. So I, I always try to do things. I also, I've been lucky a lot of times. I, right, you do one thing, you run into the next guy, and all of a sudden that leads to a project. And, all. and one thing I've done in life, which I'm very happy with, that. I've been very... Honest to myself. I try to only work with things that I love and enjoy cool. and uh, not not only following the money and things you, you like we talked in a, about in the beginning things you really love and enjoy you tend to get pretty good at yeah, so uh, I, I Played with three things as a kid, you know like all, um, Like I said, we're born and raised on a farm and on the farm like this you play with guns horses and cars that that's the things we we play with you <laughs> yep.
2: know? yeah yeah yeah
1: and uh, so, so i'm pretty good on those three things <laughs> and then a lot of other things i've done is more or less uh, spin-offs of, of that
2: cool cool so did you actually compete in a um, some form of car racing
1: there, there is a rallycross version called folk racing in sweden so i did that that's kind of a low level um, rallycross Cool. Then, I, then I've done a, a lot of rally. Uh, actually, I did the world, world Championship rally once in Sweden. It's called Swedish Rally. It's about Impreso. Okay. Uh, so I've, I've played a lot with cars. And, and I, I built a lot of cars myself as well. A lot of American cars especially. Like, you know, Camaros from Firebirds and all that stuff.
0: What's, what's your favorite?
1: My favorite car is the one I bought when I was 18. I, I still have it. It's a 77 Trans Am. A mm, uh, wow. well, banded one. I uh, still have that one. Uh, they are pretty soft engine wise in the beginning. So I, it looks like the Pontiac but it's a lot of Chevy in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it moves good. And then uh, apart from that, I also spent a lot of time modifying uh, Dodge diesel trucks. Yep. Cummins, Cummins
0: diesel. stuff like that?
1: Oh, like Dodge oh, Cummins yeah. engines? Oh yeah, I've been riding Dodge Cummins for twenty-five years, I think. Oh,
0: okay, cool. Wow. I, uh, I actually, I did a uh, one of my rotations. I was uh, working in a plant where they they make the the Cummins engines in New York, actually. Really? Yeah, it's it's really? huge. I mean, it's like a it's a whole another city in there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I can imagine. In my eyes, I think they probably make one of the best engines in the world, and. Uh, You know how all the all the kids do with them You 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 lift the car up eight or nine inches and then you put the big turbo on it and it's still gonna last forever Mm -hmm. unless you like overdo it but uh, no maybe it's drifting away from the subject but to spend a lot of time playing with stuff like that
0: Jeep, jeep and dodge i think they're pretty at least for me i don't know that's what i grew up working on they're pretty easy to put parts into i have a kia now and it's it's so it's such a pain in the butt anytime fixing that
1: yeah, it's uh, because cars like that has no soul whatsoever.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's got a racing stripe
2: on it, you know. It's, it does <laughs> have a racing stripe on it. That's how I know it's Steve driving by. <laughs> <laughs> That's very cool. Do you have? You've done all these amazing things. Do you have anything else like on your bucket list that you want to do that you're dying to do?
1: And my small dog here trying to get attention. Oh no. Uh, um, there is there is always a lot of things I want to do, but I, I right now I, I feel like, honestly that that the, the thing that I focus on and the things I want to do more more of right now is acting and work with like, stimulating film projects and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's something with it. It's the acting by itself and also the whole socializing with the with people and you know the, the it's it's such a nice thing to do. Because the break away from the things I work with otherwise. So, right. uh, so that, that's the thing that really got all my attention right now. And then I'm just going to keep on doing all the other things because I still like those. Yeah, that's
2: awesome. <laughs> Is there more, any... more
1: and more running competitions and more, you know, all the other that's, stuff. That's very cool. Very cool.
0: Is there any specific genre or type of movie you want to do still or type of show?
1: For me, I, I, it's, like I said, it shines through a bit, but I really like this genre, like the, the Lost Kingdom. Mm. Uh, it tells it tells a story, but it also gives you a time traveling thing, and uh, mm. I, I like that kind of films. But saying that, any kind of script, as long as it's a good script, is a good project. So uh, it's so hard to say. Mm. It's like you have to read it and say, "Yeah, this is. I want to work with this one." or <laughs> It's hard to just say that January uh, something like this because you have to see it first. Mm. Totally.
2: Well, we'd we'd love to see him more in that kind of Dane Viking role. It'd be sweet. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> I just want to. This is the one that. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey. What's the name? Uh, pump. Pump. Oh. What was it? Do things that we totally need to go and eat something. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, so any other big goals of yours
1: as far as acting goes I treat acting the same way I do sports I think I, I, uh, okay. I will pick a project or if I get involved with a project I will do everything in my capacity to do that job as good as possible I will do all the reading and preparing and, and really focus on that one and then when I'm finished with that one I'm gonna see what's next and then I will prepare for that, prepare for that one I, I that's my way of, of uh, doing sure. things Sure. So, so right now I'm just doing basic uh, stuff to keep me mo- moving forward as an actor, t- taking like you know small small classes and stuff like that, and just w- ways to find improvement. And then uh, wait for the next project, and then retreat treat that one and see what
0: we can do with that. Have you been staying up to date on uh, World's Strongest Man and those competitions?
1: I still follow it. I mean, it's a big piece of my life. So I'm, 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 I still love the sport. And I, but saying that, I took a lot of time away from the sport when I retired. Um, there were for a short while. I was a bit concerned that I might be one of the guys that you come back to the arena 25 years after they have retired and they're still going to find me there, holding you know a clock or something on the sideline. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that I don't want to do that myself. I want to do other things. So I. I cut all the bands and i did all, a lot of other things and now when i come back it's a, such a rewarding feeling so yeah i do following it but i don't following it like super crazy as i used to do oh, okay but i go to maybe two to one or two or three of the big ones every year both for socialization with uh, my old friends and also to just uh, you know breathe in the nice atmosphere and yeah uh, yeah i'm not, not, not gonna say dream back but you know get back the it feels like time you've been standing still as soon as you come into an arena. true.
2: Uh, so can you give us like a kind of a general outline of like what your weekly like lifting schedules like?
1: the weekly lifting schedule would be I mean training is, is interesting because it's always what you want to achieve where you want to be in two years time so what I am now I try in the old days it was all about lifting big weights and moving big waist fast so then I have to do that kind of program right now uh, I'm trying to be like a bit muscular and also to lean out a bit so then I will do maybe hour and a half workouts five days a week I will split the body in in four cool meaning that I will rotate the whole body in four days and one one day off and then I will play with the other two days that comes after that, depending on how hard I work. Let's say for example that I had the worst back workout in two weeks. But then I'm gonna rest that a bit extra. So I'm, I'm playing it a bit weird right now, but like I said, I'm, it's more... I'm more playing it by feeling. Cool. Uh, otherwise, for a long period of time, training is pretty easy. The muscle needs to be contracted in different speed with different in different variation so back then when i when i had my biggest progress i, I would i would just make three different waves one way wave where i did maybe five six sets of two three reps right then i will do the same exercise again but i will do five six seven reps for for maybe four or five sets and then i will gotcha. make a third third rotation where i will do maybe two three four sets where i stay above twelve The idea about it is that then you get all the fibers get to work in a different way. So I I think you get more. It works really great for me and everyone I work that I coached have have got pretty good scores on that. It's it's mostly all about getting the body, the message that you need to improve without killing too many muscle cells in the process. Gotcha. Because that that will slow down progress, especially. You know, if you're if you healthy and you're doing everything drug-free and the way you should do things, you need to give the body the message to get better. You're not supposed to kill the body in training. Uh, so so for me, uh, I tried to do all the heavy lifts, all the heavy stuff in the beginning, and then basically just uh, uh, make it easier and easier. Nowadays, I would more do standard. Okay. I would do like today. I just come from the gym. I did the... Uh, five sets of ten for the chest where those ten reps were pretty much flat out uh, everything i could do and then from that after that i just uh, did some easy like 14-15 reps uh, machine kind of things. very cool. but then again i'm 50. i can't (laughs) can't do all the crazy stuff every time because then i'm just going to end up having more injuries.
2: (laughs) i think i saw in an old video you don't believe in going till failure. do you still believe
1: that? It depends on what you're doing. In in, okay. in grip strength, and so much, I, I I try to stop before I fail. When I was young, I went to failure in everything. I think I never had. In, in, it was only me and my brother training in a gym, and I. It was like you you will put more weight on till you don't come up again uh, in every single exercise. Okay, uh, which is great when you're 25. It's <laughs> not the best game plan when you're 50, you know. Yeah, yeah, right, but. Uh, like I said, you, you have to look on yourself and say, this is what I am and this is what I want to be and how can I achieve that in the safest way? Uh, if you take away the safe word, then my answer to everything is always just add weight to the bar. That will solve all the problems. And that was my universal like uh, fix for everything. Just put another plate on and lift it more mm-hmm. <laughs> more times and you, you will get there fast. With, with age, I try to... Do it, achieve the same things, by, but in a safer way. I don't have, I, I can't justify for myself why I should be in cost and, uh, you know, doing surgeries over and over uh, for, for something that I don't really need anymore. I can get the same things size wise by playing it more safe.
0: Is that you That's stick with cool. the higher reps now, mostly? Little
1: bit, yeah, a hmm. little bit. But then, once in a while, when nobody's watching, I just, uh, you know, put down all the jerk in the hotel, in the gym and, and go flat out anyway. But I, I try to behave and be a civilized person.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. we're we're pretty interested in in being physical therapists. We're interested in the body and how it works and getting stronger in general. Um, so that's pretty cool to hear. Absolutely.
1: I think we all work a bit differently, I, but uh, in general, most people will benefit, I think, from doing the kind of routine I just said, and just try to make even that shorter and shorter till the till the progress disappears. And I think most people will be amazed how little time they're gonna need to gain okay. if they just do flat out. But I remember I wrote, wrote a book uh, and then my basic program at the time was five singles, Three sets of five and two dub and two sets over 15. If you do that in squat and deadlift and bench twice a week, you will come pretty far. Okay. And it it won't take you much time. But then again, I I don't we really want to put myself in a situation where I do five singles on everything anymore.
2: (laughs) I I gotta ask. uh, Going back and watching some of these older uh, World Strongest Man competitions, the things you guys do are
1: insane.
2: Is there like a favorite event that you've done? Back then a lot
1: of, yeah, a lot of the events are insane that's that's the simple truth with it uh, saying that i I love the stones, I think the round stones we did were a beautiful event, it felt good, and it's one of those events where if you're good at it, it doesn't really take so much out of you you still you're still going to be able to walk away from the event and, right. and, and look fairly normal in the face uh, and then we had some other events where you pretty much know that well two minutes after finish this, I'm going to be sick on my back for half an hour. Uh, and uh, that's just how it's going to be because you're doing, you're big and heavy and you're using pretty much no oxygen whatsoever. And it's going to catch up with it afterwards. So for me, I, I like the stones. I, I personally love all the overhead lifts and then all the car flips and all these other ones, it was good fun. I,
0: I love watching the uh, the truck and the plane pools. That's what I like watching. Oh, it just it, To me that's like the epitome of uh, World's Strongest Man.
1: Yeah, it, it is and it always... Many times in the old days that was the first event as well.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, a lot of times that would be the first event because then it can take the truck out of the arena. Gotcha. So, so, um, and that's also one of the events where you get always really sick afterwards. So the yeah. combination of always being a bit nervous, you know, when you break the ice and you make the first contest after that, everything is just good for fun. But before the first event, everybody, regardless of how many Grand Prix they made, are a bit nervous and, you know, everybody has pressure to do well and all that. So uh, that's kind of a love and hate event to track pool, just because of all that.
2: Totally. Now, I think in Morocco, the year you won, you were on your back after that truck pull. They were putting oxygen on you, pouring water on you uh, in the video. It looked insane. It looked
1: insane. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I remember that. I, I was actually sick that day. I, oh. And I was just getting back from you uh, the qualifying and then we have the final. And there were two three days break between it. And uh, I got a flu in the end of the qualifying and I was just catching up. Uh, uh, so I was, I was still suffering a bit from it. So oh after, after the truck pull, I was on my back. Oh my god. I think the sun, the sun was always setting before. I, <laughs> before I can't I could imagine having back.
2: had the flu. At, oh my god! And then I've never had to pull two trucks <laughs> with
1: the flu. So, well, that's the thing with sport. No, nobody is going to say that. Oh, that guy that came third, whatever he was sick the week before or poor him you know his girlfriend broke up the day after before or whatever. they contest this one, the contest this the and then you have to, you have to deliver and uh, wow. th- that's how it is.
2: that's cool. now when you pull the airplane I think they mentioned it was hard to keep it straight. was it hard to keep the airplane from going side to side?
1: that's maybe one of the events where they shouldn't really... Use if you want okay. to make a trust and, and see who's the best athlete it has to be very even if it's a show and it doesn't really matter if where where we can have a higher acceptance that the points is not maybe 100 correct percent given out 100 percent correct then you can use an airplane because it's so sensitive as soon as you have some kind of side wind it's going to drift away a little bit and obviously Ah. that's going to put the clock uh, because nothing on this earth is totally flat so if you're going to pull something weighing 170 tons and and you get yeah, it just an inch of an inch. It's gonna. What I'm saying is, it's a, It looks cool, but it's a bad event anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it does look cool. It's probably one of the most impressive things. Like you could just see someone pulling an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. cool. Yeah, it's
1: it actually.
0: Is. Are you an, any uh, specific fan of any of the contestants that they have now competing in the strongman?
1: There is so many good guys out competing and and I I respect them all and I also in my, in my age when I did it they were I respected and a lot of them uh, tremendously uh, we were still trying to you know beat each other as far as we could but there were so many of them that where I still have the biggest respect for today I mean today the sport is a bit different but if you look on the levels of lifts they do for for example they, they, they are doing some amazing stuff Mm-hmm. The sport holds a lot of beautiful characters. You you should go to the next uh, big one they have and okay. just enjoy, enjoy it. And then yeah. you have like guys like Eddie Hall and you know you know and all that. It, there is. I was I was afraid for a while that the strongman sport would fade out. We had some problems with TV contracts and stuff like that. And now they have done it uh, done a really good job with it and. Yeah, it's it's just beautiful to
0: see it yeah well, world's strongest man is it's always kind of hard to get that on to find the channel at the right time here in America anyways to watch it but there's a lot of fans for it but the Arnold though that's been pretty heavily advertised and you can watch that on youtube now so a lot of people are into that
1: yeah Yeah, I mean Arnold was one of the big heroes I had when I was a kid and I mean, pretty much everything he touches turns into gold. And Arnold Classic is, <laughs> is doing pretty good. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was hoping to go to it this year, and then the uh, COVID happened. So,
1: oh uh, yeah, yeah. Did you compete in any of his competitions? I did. Um, I did Arnold once. Uh, yeah, let me think. I did one. Well, that was in the very end of my career, and I was also, I was suffering from, from a bicep tear. Uh, but I did one of these. I don't even remember where I were. I think we were in maybe Atlanta, okay, or maybe Ohio. Uh,
0: I think Ohio. I did
1: one. I know that.
2: <laughs> now I'm just curious, just because we're physical therapists, what's what's like the worst injury you've gotten from doing these crazy lifts? You say biceps tear. that's pretty significant.
1: Uh, during my time, when I was actually doing it, I, I ripped both biceps off, and that, like I said, but that's a pretty common injury in our sport. So. And i came back from that without any problems then i got uh, two uh, hernia discs in in my back Uh, L4, L5 like everybody else and then uh, one below that and that didn't really... (laughs) Steve's really
2: into lifting Um, he's a beast as well and uh, yeah
1: not at your level though Magnus but yeah (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're much younger and fresher now you're gonna get me eventually And uh, and but the biggest one, the, the the major one, I got that really ruined a lot of things. were I ripped uh, the whole rotator cuff off uh, ten years ago, uh, and that's been that's been really dreadful to come back that's, from. That's to tough
2: honest. to come back from. Yeah, and we see a lot of minor rotator cuff injuries in our in our profession, and but a total one that's 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 brutal.
1: Yeah, it was. And then we tried, we, we tried three times to put it back and to be honest, it didn't really work out the way we hoped so. Some, I don't, on the left side, I don't really have any rotator cuff at all. And the weird thing is, it, it works fairly all right anyway. Of course, there will be certain movements that for obvious reasons don't want to do the, yeah. the thing anymore, but in, in overhead left, lift and bench, it, it works. Very alright. You have some pretty strong substitution muscles, for sure. <laughs> That's why I have to keep. You know, if I would stop training, I would just fall apart. <laughs> what did you do when you
2: um, when you tore your uh, rotator cuff?
1: I was benching, and, and the the body was trying to tell me as loud as clear as it could that you should go and shake your shoulder out because I had big pain and I that was also a reason why I retired. I started to have problems with my shoulder. And, and um, I remember I, I was doing incline bench press and I I was pretty strong at the time. I, so, and I was just about to go on the very first day of a one-year shoot of a TV series where I was playing the lead. Oh. So I was thinking, and we we're going to start with a night shoot. So I was thinking, perfect. Then I can just sneak off to the gym and do my thing and uh, then I'll just go straight to set. So, so I did the incline bench, and uh, it hurt like hell. So uh, after a while, I just gave up. I went, took all the weights out away, and went to went out to my car, started the car, sat there for like half a minute, turned the car off again, walked back into the gym, and I put everything back, Uh, and then another plate on each side. So I had like 210 or 220 kilos. Then I did a fairly high, fairly high. Angle on the bar as well, on the bench as well. So I did a what I don't know, seven, ten, eight, seven, eight reps, something like that. And then uh, I was supposed to hook it back. And as I was trying to hook it, I realized I'd been sliding down on the bench.
0: So Ah. I couldn't reach
1: hooks. So then I kind of kicked it up a bit. And then.
2: Oh man. Oh, that's brutal. And then, I, and then I
1: went to set after that, and then uh, like I, said, I can't show up the very first day on set, and said, "Listen, guys, I just um, made a thing, so I'm going to be away for f- three months." I just said nothing, and we were filming for a week before I took it, before I took the courage up to walk up to the director and said, "Well, I, I need to do surgery." <laughs> oh man they <laughs> all turn out for the best i mean we shot my character in the shoulder and everything was cool <laughs> oh cool cool <laughs> great no problem.
0: are you do you have any regrets doing all that competitions all the competing world's strongest man with all the injuries and all that
1: i mean we have to be on let's be honest uh, for a while also i mean ov- obviously there is few certain things that i really wish i wouldn't have done those because i, w- I was injured severely doing that Saying that though, I made it as far as I did because I was pretty good on blocking out uh, all the messages that the body told me. I was just pretty good on just pushing through, pushing through. So to say to myself that in this particular circumstance, today I should listen to the myself, uh, my body and don't do it. If I could find somewhere to pay somebody a lot of money and get 18 again and start all over, I will probably do the same things okay. again. I really loved every day of it, and uh, I can't really complain. A lot of a lot of guys in my sport they do it for two, three years, and then they are, you know, it's one of those sports where nobody normally walks away from it. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna walk away because you're injured. That's it.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I was privileged enough to do it for 14 years before I walked away from it. So I have no right to complain at all. I loved it.
2: And qualify for the finals, World Strongest Man, like ten times or something like that, which is crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I don't.
2: That's, yeah, I think I did
1: it ten times or something yeah, like
2: that. that. That's insane, and I think you made the podium like five times. is truly incredible. Mm-hmm. That longevity to do it like one year, yeah, but like to do it that long is pretty
1: impressive. So we did the Grand Prix like that every third week from March to November in in fourteen years. For fourteen years. Wow. So, <laughs> the, the, the world was just one of them. <laughs> Regardless what, what 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 you decide to do, as long as you can do full time, what what do to be honest would pay to do. I mean, uh, I, I I was prepared to pay money to compete in strongman, also to be in the gym. That was what oh, I was wow. loved. That was where my where my heart worked. Uh, so, like I said, no regrets at all. Cool, awesome. That's that's awesome.
2: We'll definitely be keeping an eye out for, for the future stuff that, that's coming out with you, for sure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. Is there anything else, Colby, that you're, you're, you want to ask or anything else, Magnus, you want to talk about? Or
2: I think we've hit pretty much everything on my list that we wanted to talk about.
0: <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're a super interesting guy. I
2: could probably talk to you all day, but yes. we don't want to take too much of your time. Um, <laughs> so is there anything that you'd like to say um, to the fans, to the Last Kingdom fans while, while you're on?
1: No, I just wanna. I just wanna thank everybody for for uh, for watching and, and also for all the love that I uh, get, get sent to me through Instagram and stuff like that. Uh, it, it's been one of those projects with only positive things. Uh, I love doing working on it, and I met so many great people after and, and during it. So, uh, yeah, a great, um, a lovely experience to 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 do. And uh, I'm just looking forward to see the next season and see what the guys have come up with.
2: Oh, should I ask. Have you watched the um, all the seasons so far?
1: After? I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm still. Uh, I'm still waiting for to see season, season four. So
2: uh,
0: okay,
1: cool. So I'm going to save that for a golden moment and just it sit sounds, down and. Sounds great.
0: Yeah. So uh, the fans, you can find him on social media. Magnus Samuelson. You can find him on Instagram. We'll have his links, his IMDb down, IMDb down below. Also, uh, what's what's your supplement line for people to look out for?
1: I'm going to, it's not really out yet. It's going to be called enough. It's it's going to be out there within a month and a half. for Cool. For,
0: so yeah, definitely fans, fitness fans, Strongman fans. Check that out. Uh, keep an eye on his stuff. Uh, but again, thank you, Magnus Samuelson for coming on to Screen Chronicles today. Uh, you can always check us out too, guys. If you're listening to us, you're on to podcasts. You can find us on YouTube, vice versa. Uh, But again, thank you, Magnus, for coming on today. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. So, thank you. Magnus Samuelson and the Screen Chronicles.
2: We'll see you later.